Houston. It's time for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. Some breaking news here within the last hour. Colts All-Pro running back Jonathan Taylor out for tomorrow night's game against Denver. Uh, this would be the first game of his college or pro career that he's been ruled out. Uh, the Colts suffered that 24-17 loss to Tennessee, and he had his ankle all rolled up. Um, he's been undergoing constant rehab since uh, then, but apparently not good enough to make it here on game night on Thursday night. You would think Naeem Hines is the guy to take over, but there is also word that Philip Lindsay is going to get activated off the practice squad and uh, and take over here as the lead back. I mean, Hines is that third down, I catch it out of the backfield type of guy. It's not like he can't run the football, but he's got a total of 11 yards rushing so far on... Uh, what is this, uh, six, seven, eight carries? Not great. But he he ends up with like four, five, six receptions every game too. So uh, probably staying in that uh, third down role here. What are you going to do? Jay Ivey last night making his pro debut in Detroit. Uh, the uh, loss to the Knicks though. Ivy 16 points, four boards, and two assists. Bulls got in a preseason game last night. They lose 129 to 125 at home to the Pelicans. Vooch had 15 and 11 to lead Chicago. The Pacers will start out their preseason tonight in Charlotte. Uh, Boys soccer sectionals continue over at Lafayette. Jeff last night, McCutcheon, a 4-2 winner over the Broncos. Tonight over there, you'll get uh, McCutcheon versus uh, Harrison. Kokomo and Lebanon, the other game there. They play at 5. The McCutcheon-Harrison game is at 7 o'clock. Frankfurt West Lafayette also doing battle tonight in uh, boys soccer sectionals on top of that. Over the girls' side in Class 3A, it's uh, Jeff 2 and Harrison 1. I wish there was maybe a little bit more of news, but it's uh, Wednesday and we don't really have anything else going on, so there you go. That is today's. Need to know news. All right. Uh, last night, uh, Aaron Judge did hit number 62, by the way. Did you see this? So he rockets one all the way into uh, left field. And, and some guy who um, is a vice president at a Fisher Investments firm catches the ball. Sounds like a guy who needs the money. Got whisked away. You watch the video. My hero is, uh, I think, the smartest guy out of the bunch is the guy that there's a little bit of a gap there in Texas between uh, where the the fans sit and then where that wall is. 
And this dude, as soon as he saw it coming his way, hopped the wall to get down in between. Why not? Somebody drops it there in, in shallow left field. You're getting that ball. You're getting kicked out regardless. But at least you got a shot to, to get that ball if it's not coming right at you. I think that's a pretty smart move. Doesn't get the ball, though, right? Uh, and so it got me to wondering, and I've been asking you this uh, over on our 1017 The Hammer uh, Twitter account, you know, what, what would you do? Right, you get that ball, it's number 62, it's the American League record, and then security comes over and says, um, Mr. Judge would like that ball. What do you do? You holding on to it? Are you, are you negotiating something? What do you want to do? A, a lot of you are like, listen, it's my ball, I'll do with it whatever I want. If I want to go sell it, if I want to keep it, I'll, I'll do whatever. And of course, it's your ball. I'm not saying that you're morally obligated to give the ball back. I mean... They're trying to, they're, the internet's trying to out here tell me that this thing's worth $2 million, right? So you're not handing over $2 million. I thought I had a happy compromise here, okay? I, I said, here, you want the ball? That's fine. What I need is the jersey that he was wearing tonight. I would like that autographed, and I would like a letter of authenticity from the Yankees uh, telling me that that is the jersey. We swap that. I feel like that's an even trade. I'm not getting $2 million, but I am getting something of pretty darn good value that will appreciate in value, you got to think. I got a nice piece of memorabilia, too. Everything works out. A lot of people are like, I want season tickets, I want this, and I want that. All I know is the Yankees, every Major League Baseball team is going to lowball the heck out of you. And they'll give you something that they, you know, we'll give you a tour of the clubhouse. Hey, we'll get you... An autographed hat or something like that. How, 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 how's that sound? No. I'm handing over uh, life-changing money here. All right? Now, it is a little bit different if you are a fan of said player, I think. That you are less inclined to hold out for something, some big money. You're less inclined to take it to auction. I mean, they're, they're just, there's some of that are just like, I, I want the maximum amount of money, whatever. I don't owe anybody anything. Eh, you don't. You don't. I try to put myself in, in judges' shoes here. Like, if I really want that back, I feel like I should get some dibs on that. I feel like I should be able to make you a pretty decent offer, and it's cool, but uh, so many times they just they come down here and they're like, hey, what can we get for this? You know, how about we hook you up with, you know, some tickets and a suite or something? And you're like, uh. Somebody else brought up another good point to me here in the uh, in the tweets here. It's like, why is it incumbent on the player? Shouldn't the franchise do something to help uh, get that back? Yeah, for me, I'm just like, listen, if you want dibs, give me a good offer. What, what do you think it's worth? Understand what that ball is worth in the open market and that you're asking me to forfeit that money and, and find a little room in my heart here to make this easy and give it to you. I understand that. Like, that's my kid's college fund easily. I'm forfeiting that to give you this. Please try to give me something, at least in the ball. I'm giving you the hometown discount. Don't insult me. Albert Pujols hit, was at 702 in Pittsburgh the other night, his last home run. And somebody came over and offered him another baseball autograph by Albert in exchange. It's Pujols' last home run. Here, Tia, I'm going to take that to market, and I'm not going to make a killing on it, but I bet you I'd make five, six grand at least. Probably more than that. And Lord knows he's made the money over the years. I think we could do a little bit better with than, you know, 
that autograph. If that's what it's worth to him, clearly, and, and maybe he wasn't consulted, but that, that's what it's worth to him, then, you know, it, it obviously it doesn't mean that much, and I have no problem going and, and, and selling. When they come in, they grossly lowball you like that. If that's what they value that as. That's bad. I'm not asking for you to sign over seven figure. I'm not asking for like straight cash, but let's do something here. Give me something. Maybe if you're a fan, you want an experience. Something comes up that you feel comfortable doing. Hey, that's cool. I'd like to see him have the ball back, but also appreciate what I'm doing in, in doing that, which is giving up the future of my family and children. Um, in, in what could amount to a recession comes. You see how much gas is these days? Can't pay, I can't pay those bills with a signed baseball worth maybe a hundred bucks at best. Probably not even that. Get out of here. That's terrible. All right, let's uh, go ahead and look at our best bets again. There is baseball tonight. There's a little bit of college football. Not anything that I'm willing to write home about that I'm getting really excited. I'm, all, I'm already thinking about what are we doing for Thursday night football. Yesterday, I gave you a, a great bet on Miami. We said we wanted to take Miami minus three. Teddy Covers is in. We gave you those numbers, and uh, everything looked fantastic. So uh, we want to go ahead and see if we can continue to capitalize with some Thursday night football. Colts are still a three-point Dog in this one. The over-under is sitting at 42. And I'll tell you this. I'm I'm ready for the under here. And it seems a little too obvious. It seems a little bit too on the nose. No Jonathan Taylor at this point. Boy, I think we got to go the under. Colts are 0-4 against the uh, on that over. The Broncos are 1-3 against the over. Both these teams are combined one and three against the spread. Yeah, I, uh, Russ Wilson is hurt, but he's going to play. Neither starting running back is in this one. I think the under is your best play here. Now, Colts defense is going to be missing its best player, but they've been pretty solid here so far. They're 10th against the pass. They're 6th against the rush. Meanwhile, the Broncos defense... Fifth against the pass, 18th against the rush. But I'll tell you what, might have a Philip Lindsay revenge game going on here. I just I, I don't have a great read on who should win this one. And with no Jonathan Taylor here, it makes it even harder for me. Um, I do know there will be turnovers in this one. But it's kind of hard. I, I just I don't know what the I don't know what's gonna look like here uh for the Indianapolis Colts. Man, that's a tough passing attack right there. What am I supposed to expect out of Matt Ryan? I just I don't see a whole lot of places where you're like, oh yeah, um, this is great for the Colts. I mean, they are dead last in scoring. I mean, my gut tells me that Denver does cover this thing. But keep in mind too, Jonathan Taylor was not the one scoring for the Indianapolis Colts. So it's not like they're losing a ton of you know points here by sitting him down. It certainly doesn't help when you lose an all pro running back like that, though. I'll say that. I just I don't have a great feel for the uh, spread. I like the under. Both these teams are terrible in scoring. Uh, both have great scoring defenses, but you're talking about the 30th and 32nd ranked scoring offenses in the league. Let's go ahead and take that under before news starts to circulate of everything. 
and uh, it starts to get a little bit uglier. We're going to take one more break here. Hang tight. We come back. Josh Strasser going to join us next from the uh, McCutcheon Mavericks. He's coming up here. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Hey, welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Josh Strasser of the McCutcheon Mavericks on with us. A uh, Another rough one last week against a very talented uh, Jeff team here. 57-7, Coach. Uh, not the outcome that you wanted. I, I mean, I, I don't want to sugarcoat things. It's just you couldn't, couldn't win in the special teams, couldn't win uh, on the defensive side of the ball, and, and struggle to score as well. Um, that's uh, that's tough. I'm sure you'd like to see a, a better performance out of a uh, county rival there. Uh, but, you know, going back and looking at everything, uh, uh, what happened to you guys last week? Well, you know, these I mean, these past two weeks with Kokomo and Logan Sport, they've just uh I, I would say been let down since the beginning of the game. Um, you know, we, we pride ourselves early on on being good special teams on uh execution. We were doing a nice job first half, giving giving some teams a run, even you know, even the West Sides and the and the Harrisons keeping the game close and competitive in the first half. And we just haven't we haven't done that and we're not a team that can come out and make mistakes early. Um, and, and hold on, and that that's uh, gotten away from us early. We've had uh, a couple uh, turnovers early on. Um, you know, we have pick six. You know, Jeff goes up. We have pick six. Um, then not long after, uh, we got a punt block for touchdown, and uh, you know, the the wheels just fell off really fast. And you know that that's on us trying to you know we're we're just trying to help with this mental shift of our kids and um, and how we prepare and who we're playing and. That's a challenge right now, and that's a challenge, uh, you know, coming off of the last season and, and moving forward. And, um, you know, it's something that, that we're continuing to work on with them. I know the last four weeks, you know, the um, the proof isn't in on the scoreboard, but give me an honest assessment here. From where you guys started against Garen to where you're at going into this week against Arsenal Tech, uh, do you feel like this team is growing? Do you feel like this team is, is getting better? I know the competition, like I said, the last couple of weeks, Kokomo and Jeff are when they got to combine two losses between the two of them there, and they're both from Jeff. Uh, do you at least feel like this team is, is growing a bit? Well, you wouldn't believe it if you've watched us play the past two weeks, but I, I do still believe that there's growth, and I, I feel like our depth has improved, uh, that, that we're, getting, we're getting better, especially our young guys are getting better and providing depth for us. It's just something that uh, this mental shift that we keep working on and talking about is something that it's hard to overcome uh, in a short amount of time and something that that we keep challenging our kids. And I I think our young guys are getting it, our our older guys. You know, there's some routine in the past, some bad habits that that they're they're trying to overcome and and work through. And and that's something that we're not just trying to prepare them to win on Friday night, but trying to help them prepare for uh, life down the road and, you know that that's a challenge when you're working with teenagers. Yeah, don't. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my kids being like six and under right now. I'll tell you that. Josh Strasser here with us uh, on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline as uh, McCutcheon gets set to take on uh, Arsenal Tech, a, uh, a road game here, and um, the road hasn't treated you guys very well this year. Uh, there's the Garen game to kick off the season, and the Harrison you mentioned you got off to a good start there, but. Ultimately, that uh, didn't go your guys' way. And then uh, Kokomo a couple of weeks ago. So uh, as you're heading into Tech here, are, are, are you doing anything differently this week in practice? Are you trying to shake things up a little bit here to uh, kind of, um, I don't know, just find a spark or something? Are you doing anything different this week? 
Yeah, we are. I, I think, uh, you know, you come out and watch us play on Friday night, uh, you're, you're going to see some rotation in some guys. We're going to use some of that, uh, that youth to fire us up a little bit. That's, uh, that, that's helping in practice. I think those young guys pushing those older guys a little bit harder, uh, everybody kind of knowing that nothing's set in stone, and, and, and that's something that we, we want to put a focus on those young guys and the effort they've been given. You know, our, our freshmen and JV squads are combined 11-2, and two and they're, they're playing great and uh, giving a lot of effort and energy, and that's something that, that we're dying for um, on Friday nights along with leadership. So I, I would say you're definitely going to see some different things, some, some different rotations, uh, amongst our uh, offense and defense rosters. Would uh, I, I know you've been struggling with the offensive line there, trying to figure out what the uh, right mojo is. and so How is that coming along there with uh, personnel along the offensive line? Yeah, we, you know, we're, we had another setback from Friday night with an injury. So, um, you know, we've we got a couple other guys that are getting some reps in there. So that, that's been a, a, a challenge for us this year is having consistency and um you know, you, you look at those, those teams that are having great success right now, they have a consistent roster on their offensive line. Those guys get in a groove. Oh, yeah. They understand each other. They work as a unit. And um, we haven't been able to establish that, whether it's been injury or rotating because of uh, ability. And, and that's something that we're, we're continuing to fight for every week. Coach Josh Strasser with us here for the McCutcheon Mavericks on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, everybody that we talked to that has faced uh, Arsenal Tech this, uh, like you are this week, uh, I always ask what they see on the film, and they always tell me the same thing. Uh, they've got themselves a few athletes, but what you really notice is they like to hit. Uh, they like to uh, be very physical here. Um, what do you see when you uh, look at the tape? Yeah, I see an aggressive defense. You know, they come out and play a 5-2. Um, you know, they just like to get after it. They got a great defensive line. Um, they, they've got some really nice size in those tackles, 6'5", 250. And that's, uh, you know, they, they've got some size and that, you know, we, we've been having a face lately uh, between Kokomo, Jeff. Um, so that, you know, we, we've been seeing some size like that and some things that we got to deal with. So they are very aggressive up front. They got some youth in the defensive backfield. Um, they, they've had to rotate quarterbacks a couple times. Um, not sure, you know, not sure of the situation. So, um, you know, one guy's more of a, a passer, one guy's more an option style quarterback, but they, they got athletes all over the field. Uh, they like to get on offense. They like to get the ball out and get it to their guys out in space. And that's something that we got to prepare for. Man, could you imagine going back to high school and, and, and put yourself in a 6'5, 250 body? Imagine the damage you would have done out there on a football field at the next uh, level, buddy. <laughs> I definitely would have taken that. That's, that is that is some size, big, ugly size, and uh, that's what the Mavs are going to have to deal with this week uh, as they look to get a victory here on the road against uh, Arsenal Tech. They'll finish up uh, next week at home against uh, Marion. Uh, Coach, it's always a pleasure talking some football with you here. I'm, I'm glad to hear that uh, things continue to uh, trend in the uh, directions that you need them to in practice. I hope that translates this week to the football field, and uh, best of luck for you. Pick up that W on Friday night. Thanks, Jared. Hey, welcome back. This is the uh, Hammer Down Show, 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 TheHammer.com. Thank you to Coach Josh Strasser for being on with us. We'll get that interview up here for you in just uh, a little bit on our normal avenues. You know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, I continue to ask you, uh, what would it take for you to give the ball back to Aaron Judge if he caught it last night? Uh, continue to text in those uh, those answers. 
on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, 765-447-4080. Would love to hear what you would want back for that. Um, they say the ball could be worth up to $2 million. I was paying $2 million for that. Let's be honest. Seems like a poor investment. That's just me. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. We're at 1017 The Hammer on Twitter. Uh, I'm asking it as well on my Twitter. I'm at Jared on 1017. Uh, would love to hear from you what you would uh, want to do uh, in order to give that back. It's tough, man. you got to go in with a plan. And you do not want them to pitch you because they will lowball you. I mean, it's going, it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to hear from you uh, what you would do in uh, in that scenario. Uh, a lot of people sounding off here. Um, our old buddy uh, JD from WLFI from back in the day. I'd give I'd give you the ball for a pair of season tickets. Experiences uh, are better than memorabilia in my book. Again, this falls back to the uh, how do you feel about uh, you know is it your team? Are you that big of a fan of baseball? Right, If it's one of your favorite players, I think you're more inclined to do something like that. If you're really into baseball, you're more inclined to do something like that. If you go to maybe like a game or two a year and you're okay with it, um, and you know, the Yankees aren't your team, I think you're more inclined to, like, let's show me the money here. Show me something. I still like my idea. Give me the jersey. Have them autograph it. Give me the letter of authenticity. So I'm getting something of, it's not equal value, I don't think. But that's pretty darn good value, right? That's something I appreciate over time. Um, if I want to move it, I can move it. Pay for the kid's college fund, whatever. Um, if that's something you're willing to... Because I'm assuming he wants to keep the bat. Right? I don't know if the jersey matters that much. Just make him a new one. Um, what else you can offer? Like a helmet? I don't really want to... I don't know if I want the helmet autographed. That's just... Eh. You know, and they're particular about those bats, too. You know, once they get a good one, they don't want to give it up. So I get that. That's a good swap right there. And you don't have to give it back to them either. You can 100% keep it. If you want to 100% keep it, not even sell it, yeah, tell me that, too. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see some of the takes that we've had here. Uh, Kyle Charters says, um, I would give the ball for him to sign it because it's it's my ball. If I caught the ball, I'd ask judges to sign it. It's my ball. I caught it. Yes, I I, I know, Kyle. Um, I, I'm sure you would also tell him that he probably should have just bunted the runner over to second, too, instead of hitting the home run. Um, but <laughs> That's another argument for another day. All right, Purdue, Maryland. It's uh, coming up here this Saturday. It's, uh, I mean, Maryland is, they're a program on the upswing right now. I think they've sold out that game, or they're close to selling out that game. On uh, Saturday, they've, they're supposed to have big numbers for that one. They got DJ Khaled sending them uh, good luck messages. I saw that today. Oh, boy. Are we in trouble? Maybe we're in trouble. Look, I'm glad we didn't play them last week. You know, Tua's little brother, you knew was going to ball out for him after he took that hit. Thursday night football, knew that he shouldn't have been out there. You knew that he was going to just go out there and ball out for him. And he did. It won, no problem. 
So it's a team on the move here. You know, Maryland has been a squad that has come out. They they usually wow in those first couple of games. They put up some big numbers, and then we get into Big Ten play, and they tend to struggle. 2017, they went down to Texas and won. Now, granted, this is this is pre-Loxley, right? This is his fifth year. Yeah, so that's that, that's pre-Loxley that year. Uh, 51 and 63 against uh, Tosin. Then you go to 2018 where they, uh, they they beat Texas again. It's the 13th. Both those games were they were dogs in by the way, double digit dogs. 34 points there. Bowling Green 45 points. Go to 2019, 79 nothing over Howard. 63 uh, to 20 over Syracuse. COVID, they didn't get a non-con in. Last year, 30 points against West Virginia, 62 against Howard. And then they won three other Big Ten games the entire season. They did start out 4-0 last year. 16 returning starters, nine of them on offense. They should be a better team this year. Now, I have stats to back this stuff up, though. They're particularly terrible against the Big Ten West. They're 2-1 straight up and against the spread against Purdue. They lost that last meeting in West Lafayette 40-14 as a three-point favorite. Coming into this year, the Terrapins are 1-6 straight up and 0-7 against the spread against the Big Ten West, including 0-2 straight up against the spread last season. Those games against the uh, the Big Ten West last year, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota. Those are their games. They did beat Illinois. So we're, I guess we're just talking road? Okay. But they traditionally don't do great against the West here. So you're hoping to get that. Now, what has Purdue's path to victory in this one? That's a great question. I can tell you defensively, it's it's... I'm still waiting to see what happens with Jalen Graham. Purdue's been doing very good without him, though. Okay? That defensive unit is great. Uh, Tom Deanhart wrote a great article on him today that I saw in uh, Golden Black. Without Jalen Graham, the defense is 7th in the Big Ten in scoring. 7th in total defense. And they've not given up a 100-yard rusher. And just one run of 20 yards or more. That's the fewest of the Big Ten. That's that's big. For a program that has struggled to defend the run historically here, that is big. The problem is when you come in, uh, into Maryland, rushing the football is not the bread and butter, so to speak, for this Maryland team. I mean, they wanna they wanna throw the football. They they can run, they can run the football. They're seventh in the Big Ten in running the football. But it's really not who they are. They they like to pass the football. They're second in the Big Ten, and they're only a yard on average behind Ohio State. You gotta give it up for Tugavailoa, man. Second in accuracy right now, passing accuracy. He is second in the league 
in passing yards. He's only, uh, what is this, 13 yards behind uh, Holinsky for the uh, leader. And you know Northwestern plays habitually behind. But it's more than Stroud. It's more than O'Connell right now. I mean, Aiden averages just just a hair under 300 yards per game. He's over at 301. I mean, you got to give it up for him. He's been doing pretty darn good. And like I said, I, I love the... I love the accuracy that he's been possessing here. 75.5% passing uh, rate here. Eight touchdowns, four INTs. That's what you have to worry about. You have to worry about him and Rakeem Jarrett. That's why I think you know Graham coming back this week could be uh, very dynamic, just because of the versatility that he has. That he's kind of you know kind of play linebacker, but also kind of drift back in the in the secondary and play like a safety role. It opens up what you can do defensively when you have such a special player like that in. And stopping the pass is going to be, um, let's be honest, this has got to be the priority for. Uh, this defense this season, or for this game, I should say, on Saturday. It it doesn't take a genius to look at the numbers and and see that that's what it's it's going to be. You know, offensively for Purdue, we know what they are, right? I I mean, they pass the football constantly. We all know Chuck Sizzle hasn't dropped the pass yet again. He's doing great. I mean, he's top five in basically every receiving category in the country, making the next cut of Blitnikoff Award. Um, he's definitely going to make himself a case for that. And if he were to win it, we'd be I guarantee he would be the most unlikely man to ever win uh, that award. But you also have the emergence of Maccabee right now. Dylan Downing's been doing solid here. All of a sudden, we got 100-yard rushers. And I think that shows a little bit of how, and, and Jeff Brom has talked uh, uh, some of this here earlier on in the season where maybe they need to commit to the run just a little bit more. It pains them, but it's starting to pay the dividends, right? And let's face it, when you've got a quarterback, too, that looked a little sore out there last week, I don't know if the ball had the speed that it normally did, but if you've got still an Aiden O'Connell that's a little bit ginger, I mean, having Downing and Maccabee in the backfield is going to be absolutely huge in this matchup. I think the X-Factors continue to be, will Jalen Graham play? If he does, I think that's very good news for Purdue. And just how sore is Aiden O'Connell? Is he feeling better this week? How much did the game last week aggravate whatever injury that he has? We have speculated that it's probably a rib injury. We still have questions coming this one, but there is a path to success here for Purdue, I think. And the nice thing is, it doesn't involve them getting out of what they normally like to do. Maryland's a very well-rounded team, I think. They don't have any guy that is like that super... They have the superstar quarterback, I think. But the passing game, it gets spread out very evenly. Running backs are okay, not 
one of those guys you have to game plan completely around. So as long as Purdue can um, can protect Aiden O'Connell this week, I think they can stick their game plan. They can give Maryland a, a heck of a game here and, and one that I think that they're going to be uh, able to win. Maryland's pass defense isn't really that great. And if Corey Trice and the rest of the secondary can play as well as they did last week again, you got to like Purdue going into Maryland and uh, getting what would technically be a, a mild upset here based on the point spread. We're going to take one more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down show. That's next here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Hey, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom Time for some of the things that we may have uh, missed today. Um, this is ridiculous here. Uh, so remember Monday Night Football, and uh, there's that guy that ran on the field with the pink smoke grenade. Poor guy in security, like, blew out his ACL trying to tackle him. And then Bobby Wagner came up and put the hurting on him. And most of us clapped that, and, and we loved it. Hilarious. I still remember James Harrison suplexing that Browns fan and putting him down. I mean, you, you, you wander into that field. You know you're not supposed to be there. If I'm a player, I, I don't want to get anywhere near those type of people because you just never know. That's why they have security. But Wagner felt it uh, necessary to go ahead and assist them with their job. And I have no problem with that. However, that fan, who again illegally ran onto the field with a giant pink smoke grenade, has now filed a law, filed a criminal complaint against Wagner. TMZ says the man went to Santa Clara Police Department on Tuesday following the game, and he filed a report. A rep for Direct Action Everywhere, the organization that took credit for the uh, the scene at Levi Stadium, told us the report stems from a, quote, blatant assault by two Rams players. Like, he had a right to run out there, and did he have, like, a shirt on or something that had a message? You can't be carrying a smoke grenade and then want somebody to read what's on your shirt. And at this point, too, you figured they would, they would know that they don't put these, as much as we want to see them, uh, and get tackled by security. They don't show these people anymore. It's such a waste. But in no, in no way should Bobby Wagner catch any kind of charge or a civil suit for any of this stuff. I have little faith in the American justice system as it is, but come on. No way this needs to happen. No way. Uh, also, in the NFL this week, people are making a, a big deal out of this interview with Colin Cowherd and Joe Burrow, where he talks about him playing through multiple concussions. Quote, I never had any lasting effects from a concussion. I've been hit and forgot the rest of the game before. That's happened a couple times. But I've never had one where I have headaches for like a week, and I have symptoms of a concussion after the game. Like I said... I've had some where I don't remember the second half or I don't remember the entire game or I know that I got a little dizzy at one point, but nothing long-lasting. You can make all the rules you want to make, uh, the game as safe as possible as you can, but you have 300-pound men running 20 miles an hour 
Try and take your head off while you're standing still, trying to ignore it, and find receivers that are open. I agree with the latter part of his statement. Yeah, that's a big reason why you're seeing the numbers be as high as they are with the concussions now over the last 15 years is there hasn't been a focus on the, the, the helmets and trying to limit this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden you've got, you know, 235, 240-pound guys that can run 4440s coming at you. But it alarms me not so much that he has played through some concussion effects before, but that he's had the memory loss and everything. And at the same time, I don't know how seriously he's taken what's happened to his body. So you're going to have head injuries, you're going to tear your ACL, you're going to break your arm. That's the game that we play. That's the life that we live, and we get paid handsomely for it. I think going into every game, we know what we're getting ourselves into. And I get that. But when you suffer those types of effects, man, maybe at the end of the year you go get yourself an MRI. Check it out. Before real serious damage gets done, you have a chance to limit it. Like you said, you're getting paid handsomely. You got the money. You don't need that life. That's the thing that I never understood about what Tom Brady's currently trying to do. Now, maybe the season cost him his family. Maybe it's something else. I I don't know. That's their business. But to achieve what the man has achieved, all, all the Super Bowls, right? Most Super Bowls out of any player. He's the, the passing champion, basically every category here. What more do you want? You can still get out with your health. You're intact. You don't need the money. That's what I understand. These guys are getting this life-changing money. They get a lot of it up front because of the injuries. And you can say, well, that's the game. Well, i got to be a tough guy here. You really don't. Your first responsibility should be to you. Your family. When Andrew Luck sat it down and said, listen, my body's just taking too much of a beating. I don't I, I can't continue like this. I, I'm gonna retire early. I had no problem with that. And neither should any uh, sensible Colts fan. There is a life after this game, and so many of them struggle to find uh, like a meaning, purpose, whatever they want to do uh, after, after football. I've seen plenty of it. That man knew what he wanted to do after football, and that was be a dad and, and be there for his kids and his family. And he said, if I continue to take this punishment, uh, I'm not going to be able to be there in the way that I want to be there for them. And, and kudos. I wish he spoke more about that. You know, I, I know the CTE stuff is just, it's a real sticky subject for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't want to buy into that, but there is a life after this game, you know? And, and we clearly know what the effects can have on your body. I guess I'm upset to see such a talented player like Burrow kind of seemingly shrug it off like, eh, it's the cost of doing business. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, but... You don't understand your body a little bit better, which I'm not sure that he does. If I'm forgetting things like that, I got to ask myself if it's really worth it at that point. And he's made some decent money. I think he's going to be fine. If it were me or my son, 
I, I talk about it. Aaron Donald. Remember when we thought he was crazy for saying he wanted to play what, like the six, seven seasons? He gets through the, the rookie contract, he gets the big contract, and then he shuts it down, and he got the ring, and he's like, oh, I want another one of these things. I mean, is that, if to you that's worth a lifetime of pain or, or family members having to take care of you, that's your piece that you got to make. I'll let you do it. But I don't know. It just came off as, I, I don't think he had such an appreciation for it that you would hope that somebody mature uh, like that would. That's going to do it for us on the uh, Hammer Down Show. Big thank you to everybody who participated. Big thank you to Coach Josh Strasser for being on with us. Uh, they've got a big one here on the road this week against Arsenal Tech. Best of luck to those Mavericks. Want to see them get a W this week. We're actually going to be out at Benton Central on uh, Friday night with that game against the Central Catholic Knights and the Bison. Uh, that's at 6.30 with the pregame, 7 o'clock with that kickoff. Uh, tomorrow on our show, Shane Fry going to be back here with us, and uh, we'll continue to get you prepped for that game between Purdue and Maryland, and of course, Thursday night football with the Colts and the Broncos. You don't want to miss out on that. That's back here tomorrow on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I'll see you back here tomorrow.